right, come on, 10 o'clock, how we doing? Come on, church family, excited to be in God's house. Oh, y'all are going to have to do a whole lot better than that, all right? Help me welcome anyone who's here for the very first time, as well as those watching on live stream. Come on, can we say hello, everybody? We're glad you're joining us for church today. It's good to be together. It's good to be with you. I feel like I haven't got to see y'all very much. I, I got to preach that first Sunday back, and then uh, I was out last week, and I'll be out next week. We're flying to Florida uh, for services for my father-in-law, who... Uh, he's with Jesus today, all right? So he's cheering us all on from heaven, and we're thank my wife and I, we're, we're grieving. Our family's heartbroken. In fact, I think my mother-in-law, Nana, uh, Sandy Waldron, is watching online this morning, and uh, I mean, we don't grieve like the rest of the world grieves, because this is not the end, all right? We're going we're gonna to be in the presence of Jesus one day, and um, y'all want to help me say hello to, to Sandy? She, I think she's watching this morning. Just say, hey, just come on, give her a little love. Or... <clears throat> and um, I, get to, I get to do my father-in-law's service, and, and what an honor that'll be. So you pray for our family this week. And I just want to say uh, thank y'all for your prayers and the text messages and cards and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we've felt your love, and we really do appreciate it. And I also want to say I kind of feel like it's a little unfair because of our role when we go through pain, everybody gets to hear about it and pray for us. And I know there are so many stories in our church of loss and hurt. And um, so I'll tell you what, since we're in 21 days in prayer and fasting, why don't we all just commit to praying for the comfort of the Holy Spirit in the lives of each and every member of our church family who needs it? Come on, can we do that? You know, I'm so glad that he's here to comfort us when we mourn and, and when we hurt. And we selfishly, we miss people when we lose them and we grieve. Uh, but then we hold on to hope because one day we're going to be with them again in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. All right. So I uh, don't want to start it on a somber note, but, but I know Pastor Perry shared last week what was going on with our family. And so I just wanted to say thank you. My wife was here in the first service this morning, and she says thank you as well. And um, we, we look forward to getting past the services this week. And, and if you've been through that, you know, like nothing really starts to feel normal uh, until you get past that. And so... Um, thank you all. Thank you all for, for loving us well. I want to remind you of a couple things before we get into the message this morning. All right, Thrive Marriage Conference. Come on, married people. Where you at? Come on, married couples. Listen, I just, I feel like there's an anointing on our church to resource and equip couples and families. And so we are investing heavily. At, we're putting a lot of resources into this weekend um, we're doing it probably a little cheaper than we should, honestly, um, because we feel like we need to gain some credibility in our community, and then when people realize, oh, they're not playing around, and we're not, um, I'm so proud of our staff. They are working so hard to make sure that this marriage conference is first class. I'm telling y'all, it is first class. We've got amazing speakers. Pastor Dino was texting me last night about the conference, Dino and Delyn Rizzo, Nancy Houston, who's a nationally known author and speaker, um, some, some friends that y'all know, Pastors Mark and Monica Poland, they're, they're going to hang out with us. I'm going to preach first because I don't want to have to go after any of them, all right? So I'm going to preach the opening session, and, but I'm excited. I, I, I can't wait, and we're just going to, I'm telling you, God is going to show up on that weekend and do something special in, in the lives of married couples. If you're engaged too, this would be good for you, all right? You, you should 
sign up for this and, and be a part of it. And maybe you're in a, a marriage right now where it's not going that well and, and you can't get your spouse to come. I've had some people ask, like, can I come by myself if I just want to work on being a better husband or a better wife and my spouse won't come with me? Absolutely. You come and, and God will speak to you and, and do a work in your life. I think there's close to 60 or so people who have registered for this so far. We have just a little over 200 seats available. Um, so hurry, all right? Because we're advertising now on all of the different media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We've got radio ads and podcast ads and all that stuff. And, and you know, people are going to wait till that last week and then it's going to fill up in a hurry. You don't want to do that, all right? So get registered and do not let money be the reason you don't register, all right? We will help you if you need help uh, getting registered. If you need help paying for a babysitter so that you can be here, we, we will help you get to thrive. You stop by InfoDesk, let us know that you need to speak to somebody and a member of our, our staff will reach out to you. Okay, one other thing that I don't have a slide for, this afternoon at 4.30, we're going to feed a whole bunch of you, and then at 5 o'clock, we're going to have team night for all of our dream team. They told me this morning that like somewhere around 80 plus of you have registered so far for our first ever team night. We're going to do these on the fourth Sunday of every month. This is exclusive. You have to be on the dream team or in the process of onboarding onto Dream Team, so like going through Life Track right now to participate in Team Night. And I, I can't wait for this, uh, this thing that we're gonna do monthly because I, I think we desperately need some time that our team gets together and we don't just work on church stuff, we just hang out and enjoy each other and celebrate what God is doing through all of us. So uh, it's not too late. Now if, if, if a whole bunch of you sign up today, we won't have food for you, so you might have to bring your own food. But but it's not too late. If you're on the Dream Team or you're onboarding on the Dream Team, just get here, all right? Get here tonight, and um, if we have to, we'll order some pizzas or something to take care of you. It's going to be a really fun night, and I want you to make a priority out of it, okay? Uh, in fact, moving forward, it, part of what we'll do on Team Night is celebrate all of the new Dream Teamers who are finishing Life Track. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, uh, and we're going to have a good time together, all right? Amen? Y'all want to hear God's Word today? Can I have your permission? Because I'm feeling a little preachy today. Can I be a little preachy with you? All right. Can I get a little fired up? Is that all right? Can I have permission to meddle in your business a little bit? Some of you are like, mm, I'm gonna. I'm just telling you right now, it's, I'm gonna. All right. So uh, let, let me start by reading some scripture to you. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 3. It's an interesting place in your Bible. Um, let me just give you the backdrop here. The Israelites have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, and they're finally about to transition into the promised land. This place that God has promised them that they'll get to go, they're finally about to go there. There's been a transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, and now Joshua is, is giving instruction to the people about taking this next step in their journey to go to this place that they've been waiting for and God has promised them for all these years. And so it says, early in the morning, Joshua, I'm sorry, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Y'all want to make sure that's one of the ones in your Bible you want to pronounce correctly. It's Shittim, all right? I'm just, make sure you put the emphasis on team. Some of you are like, that's not funny. Yes, it is. You need to stop being uptight. All right. That's funny. And they went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp. 
giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move, everybody say move, out from your positions and follow it. We're going to come back to this verse later. There's a lot of important stuff going on there. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I, I think... I think there are some things that God would like to do in your life, in my life, in the life of our church, in your families, in your, in your heart in 2022 that are new. You've never been there before. You've never seen it before. How many of you would receive that this morning? Like that maybe God has some stuff for you that you have not experienced yet. I believe that for my own life. That there's some places that I just don't even know how to get there. Like, I'm going to need God to lead me. Otherwise, there's no way I'm going to be able to experience this. Amen? And, and so he, that's what's about to happen. He says, you, you've never been here before, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Now, before I read the next verse, let me just preface everything I'm about to say to you with this. I preached two weeks ago. I was honestly a little bit in a, an emotional and mental fog because uh, of what was going on in our family. I almost treat today like a redo. I had other stuff planned for this series for this week. I didn't feel released by the Holy Spirit to let go of this idea of prayer and fasting yet. We've got one week still of our 21 days. We've still got seven days of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we've still got Wednesday night prayer where you can come participate this week. You've got Saturday next week. You've got every day of the week this week where you can be participating on your own. And here's my deal today, guys. Like, for us to get where God wants us to go, this can't just be a thing that we rev up twice a year. Like prayer and fasting, the pursuit of God's presence really needs to be a part of our regular rhythm as Christ followers for the whole year. Come on, somebody. Like we, gotta, we, we need to get a little revved up around the presence of God and seeing where God wants to take us and what God wants to do in our lives. And so watch this. Joshua told the people, consecrate. Everybody say Consecrate consecrate yourselves, not concentrate, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do what? Amazing things among you. How many would like to see God do some amazing things? Yeah. That's just, okay, a couple people over here, so I'll just preach over this direction. How many would like to see God do amazing things in your life? I would, like I'm ready. I'd like to see some miracles happen. I'd like to see some families restored. I'd like to see some addictions broken. I talked to a, a, a girl this last week, blew my mind, amazing story. She, she said, hey, I, I, my first time coming to True Life Church, I, was, I spent the night before laying on the bedroom floor, crying my eyes out in depression, questioning if my life had any value at all. She said, I came to church the next day and you preached on depression and suicide, I cried through the whole service, I knew immediately God was real and he had a plan for me. Come on, y'all, I mean like, I wanna, how many would like to see some, um, some more amazing things? Can I, hear, can I hear an amen, somebody? Like that's, that's the God we serve. And I just think like there's some stuff that he would like to do in our lives, there's some new places, there's a promise that he'd like to fulfill in our lives, but for us to be able to go there, Joshua says, hey, before we can go to the promise, before we can experience the miracle, before the blessing can happen, before God fulfills his plan for us, first, we have to consecrate ourselves. 
There's some preparation that we've got to do. We've got to get ourselves in the right frame of mind. We've got to get our hearts in the right condition so that tomorrow when God moves, we can experience the fullness of what he has for us. And I want you to have that today. Consecrate. This word consecrate actually means two things in the Hebrew. Number one, it means to set yourself apart. To set yourself apart. Anybody ever felt like trying to follow Jesus made you weird in the rest of the world? Anybody ever felt like you just don't fit with culture? You're supposed to feel that way because you're consecrated. You're set apart. We started this series, we're talking about my church, my church, and we talked in week one, my church is, it pursues God. We pursue God because God has always been pursuing us. Pastor Perry did a fantastic job last week saying, my church is life-giving. It's, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. When you come to church, come on somebody, you shouldn't be, feel all beat up and shamed, it should be a, a breath of fresh air. You should get in the car and think, I wanna do that again. Right? It's, it's a life. You know why we're doing this series? Because I know in 2022, you're going to invite more people to church than you ever have before. I just, I just know that you are. At least Pastor Perry is. <laughs> Come on, you're going to invite more people to church this year than you ever have before. Amen. You know, and when you talk to them about the fact that you're one of those weird people who goes to church, somebody might say to you, okay, I, I, I'm interested. What kind of church is it? And you can say, well, I'm so glad you asked because we're doing a series right now called My Church. And let me tell you what I know so far is my church pursues God. We believe God is real and he's pursuing us and so we pursue him. And my church is life-giving and my church is consecrated. It's holy. Like we're okay with being a little different from the rest of the world because what the rest of the world's doing, I don't know if you've noticed, it doesn't work. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay, I'm, I'm consecrated. But that's not the only meaning. Setting yourselves apart is not the only meaning of the word consecrate. It also means subject to special treatment. Come on, subject to special treatment. How many like it when you get some special treatment? You know what I'm saying? Like when you go to the rental car counter and they're like, we're so sorry, we're out of your compact car. But we do have this BMW available. And you're like, oh, shucks. Right? I'll take it. Come on, special treatment. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, our flight's overbooked. Can we move you to first class? Oh. Yes, you can. Come on. <laughs> special treatment. How many like it when you get a little special treatment? You know, prayer and fasting is special. This season we're in right now is special treatment. The Bible says that you can boldly go into the throne room of grace, that you can submit your petitions, your requests, your brokenheartedness, your worries. You can take all of it right into the very presence of the holy living God, and you can share it with him, and he cares about what's on your heart. If it's on your heart, it's on his heart, and he's active and working. Every time you bring it to him, he's moving on your behalf. I don't know about you, but I think that's some special treatment. Amen? Can you, I told you I was preachy today. Some of y'all looking at me like deer in headlights, like, why is this dude yelling? I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited about this. So I've got to travel this week. I don't like the reason I'm traveling, but I've got to travel this week. I love who I'm going to get to see. Love my family, my, my in-laws in Florida. Not everybody gets to say they love their in-laws. I like my in-laws. I love them. I do. So I get to travel to, I get to, travel to Florida. So I love all my Missouri family, too, in case any of you are watching. I'm going to get a text later and be like, oh, you love your in-laws, but you don't talk about us. I love you too. All right. Um, 
don't like the reason I'm traveling, but I was thinking about this week as we're getting ready for, to go on an airplane. We, we used to do this every year. This was our family vacation. After Easter, we would pack suitcases, go to the airport, and all four of us would fly to Florida for a spring vacation. And, and the reason we did that is because my, my mother-in-law works in the hotel industry there, and so we stay cheap, like super cheap. And um, especially earlier in the life of our church, if it wasn't cheap, we weren't doing it, you know? So um, now we go camping a lot. We love camping, but we used to, for several years in a row, we packed suitcases and we would go fly to Orlando, Florida, and hotel was cheap, so it let us do some of the other things, amusement parks, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I was thinking about that this week and what, what it was like to, to travel. In fact, some of, you, some of you probably experienced this. This is going to be me on Tuesday morning. Come on, go into the airport, especially when we had little kids. Come on, they can't carry their own stuff. You're, little kids about useless in the airport. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Just about useless, you know. And eventually you get out of the stroller days, but I, I became the master at this. Come on, you push one and you pull one. Like, excuse me, excuse me, coming through, coming through. Come on, I can, I can, I can do this. Come on, can I, hear, can, I, can I hear from those of you who've mastered the double suitcase in the airport, you know? And then uh, we overpack. We're classic overpackers. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've experienced this. Come on, you get to the airport and you, you, get to, you, get, you finally get up to the front. It's your turn to, to hand them your checked bags. God bless all of you who are masters at packing light and you only travel with a carry-on. Um, most of us don't have your anointing, so just keep it to yourself, all right? Come on, so you get up there to, your, to, the, to the front. And I, this is how I always did it, because you, you, know, you, you pack them full, and I always put the small one on first, so that I have more time to pray for the big one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of the, so they're like, come on, put it up there. So you put it on the scale, you know, and it's 33.4 pounds. They're like, you're good, sir. So they take that suitcase away, and, and you wave bye-bye to it, or they set it back there, and, and, then, and then so then you're like, come on, now it's time for the big boy, Right? And so you start praying in tongues under your breath, and you're all like, Jesus, please, somehow, Lord God, you anoint it with oil. You're like, God, make it lighter than it actually is. And you put it on the scale, 54.6 pounds. I'm sorry, sir. It's too heavy. You gotta, it's got to be under 50 pounds. You can't take it. You can't go. And at that moment, come on, how many know you got a choice? You got a choice. The question is, there's this place I want to go. How bad do I need to get there? How bad do I want to go? And if you, if you want to go bad enough, then it means right there in front of the whole world, right there in front of the whole airport, you're going to have to get that suitcase open. You're going to be feeling the pressure. Everybody's watching you, everybody's waiting on you, and, and, and you're gonna open it up, and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, everybody can see this, everybody knows what's going on, and if it's my wife's suitcase, no problem, because it's organized perfectly. If it's my suitcase, it's a problem, because you just threw it all in there about an hour before you left for the airport, right? You know, so you got some, some unmentionables, you got just maybe like a random sock, and look, look, somebody, Somebody threw a Patriots jersey in my suitcase. Y'all know they're, you know they're gone, right? They're gone. They're gone. 
The goat don't live there no more. I'm just saying, it's going to be a while for you. You got a random sock, you got, got some stuff, and you've got to decide how bad do I want to go? And if I'm going to go to this place that I want to go, then I'm going to have to lighten my load to be able to get there. You know what a season of prayer and fasting is all about? And listen to me, it's not too late. We're, we're seven days left. And come on, I know true life. We're not just going to make this about the 21 days. This is, we're going to make this a part of our lifestyle throughout the year. Amen? That we, we want what God wants. And I just wonder, like, how many of us have some places that God would like to take us in 2022? But the truth is, the only way you're going to get there is by lightening the load. You, you, you got some stuff in the suitcase right now. You got some stuff in the suitcase, and that's what prayer and fasting is really all about. It's about getting into a season where I disconnect from the world so that I can connect to God. And it's during this season that I think the Holy Spirit wants to help us reach into the suitcase of our life. Let me see, let me see, let me see what I can find in here. Let me see if there's some stuff in here that, that maybe we, we, should, we should get rid of. Maybe you, you, might have to, you might have to let go of something. For, for, for a season. Come on, can I hear an amen, somebody? This hurts, doesn't it? I mean, it can hurt anyway. This could be some heartburn. There might, some of you might need to fast just so you don't die. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like s- s- some things we might need to, we might need to let go of. There's, there's some stuff. Let me see what else I can, what I can find in this suitcase. I might need to, like, I might need to take a break. I might need to take a little sabbatical. Come on, somebody, where you at? From, from, there's some things that are that would just... If I could just let my flesh not be in control, let my body not be in control, let me see what else I can find in this suitcase. I, I, I might need to let go of some stuff. Come on, somebody, where you at? Come on. Not on anniversary Sunday, by the way. We're going to party on anniversary Sunday, so get, take a break during the fast, because on that day, we ain't fasting. Come on, we got cookies and cake and all kinds of stuff coming for you guys that day. You, you, you might need to, well, let me see what else I can, what I can find in this suitcase. I might need to let go of a few, I just might need to lighten the load just a little bit. Might, might be a few things that I need to take a break from to get where God wants me to go. Let's see what else I can find in here. Just reach down in here and, and, and grab, grab some, some got, got some, come on, where are my 80s people at? Come on, where you at, 80s people? Come on. Best music ever. Say amen. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that your eyes and your ears are a gate to your soul. And I'm not Mr. Like, all secular music is devil music. But there have definitely been seasons of my life where I feel compelled to just only put stuff into my eyes and my ears that glorifies Jesus and lifts up God. And, and maybe during 21 days of prayer and fasting, there's a season you should do that. Maybe, maybe there is some stuff that you regularly allow your soul to consume. Come on, y'all. This is one of the ways you feed your soul. And some of us feed our souls some pretty unhealthy stuff. Some of it's in the form of music. In fact, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by our society who complains about how people might be over-objectified or sexualized 
and yet we continue to line the pockets of artists who constantly sing about objectifying and over-sexualizing. Like, I don't understand, like there's such a double standard in our society. And so, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you wanna stop thinking about some things that you find yourself thinking about all the time, maybe you wanna stop feeding yourself content that seems to glorify those things that you can't seem to stop thinking about. Like, like just take a break, just, just take a break for a season. Lighten the load so that God might be able to take you to the new place that he wants to, he wants to take you. Let's, let's, see what else is, let's see what else we can find in here. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to lighten out. So, I don't know how this all fit inside of the suitcase. Uh, we might need, to, might need to, to evaluate what's on our, our big screens. Maybe, maybe some of the, the television that we're watching, maybe some of the content that we're consuming, maybe some of the video games that we're playing, maybe, maybe we need to, to evaluate that just a little bit and, and figure out like, hey, does this move me closer to the heart of God or farther away from the heart of God? Does, does this help me set myself apart? Does this position me for special treatment from my heavenly Father? Come on, y'all with me this morning? I told you I was going to preach at you. I told you I was going to meddle in your business. Let me see if I can find anything else in this suitcase here that needs to come Come out. Let's see what this one, what's that one? Uh-oh. Oh, I know I just lost some of y'all right here. Come on, so, so this is my iPhone. It's real big. They converted me to Apple finally. There it is. See, that's right. So they did it. They didn't really, but they had, they took the opportunity, my team did, to force me to hold an Apple product. And um, it's my iPhone. You know, so, so, some of us might need to think about some of these, icon, these icons. Some of us, we, we can't go to the place God is trying to lead us because our head is buried in these icons. You know, we got, got your Facebook. I'm just trying to be an equal opportunity offender this morning. So you've got your Facebook, you've got your Instagram, your Pinterest, your Twitch, LinkedIn. I don't, does anybody use that? I don't. You got the TikTok. Got Twitter, we got Snap, Messenger. Man, some of us, we're just, we're just so buried in the constant stream of content. Come on, y'all. That the God's saying like, hey, I wish you'd just take that out of the suitcase, even, even just for a season. Just, just take that out of the suitcase so I could have your undivided attention. Because there's a place that I have for you. There's a, there's a place I want you to go. There's, there's something I want you to experience and you're not gonna be able to experience it while you're carrying around all this extra baggage. Evan, you wanna come out of there, man? You had enough? Y'all, y'all give it up for my helper, Evan Lake. <laughs> good job, Evan. They say a good magician should not give away his tricks, but I'm not a good magician, so it's, it's not a problem. Um, man, are y'all feeling this this morning? You understand what I'm trying to say to you? What's in your suitcase? And, and all this stuff might not be sin. It's not, in fact, a lot of it's not sin until the Holy Spirit puts his finger on your heart and says, hey, why don't you take that out of there for a little bit? It's weighing you down. It, it's slowing you down. I just, I just like your attention over here. Just, just for... 
even if just for a season, I, I want your attention on this new place that I want to take you. And listen, when the Holy Spirit prompts us and we disobey, at that moment it is sin. Even though these things on their own might not be sinful, our disobedience is sin. Y'all with me this morning? And I just think, man, God has some, some places that he'd like for us to go, some things that he'd like for us to experience, but, but your load is too heavy. My load, it, it, what I'm carrying around, it's, it's, it's too heavy. And I, so there's just three things, real quick, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end the service a little different today. I just want to tell you that right up front. It's not going to be a normal day here at True Life. But there's, there's three things that, that Joshua was kind of getting the people to focus on. They were the focal points of this moment to be able to move into the promised land. And the first one is you're, you're going to have to get, if you want to go to the new place, if you want to experience the new thing that God has for you, you're, you're going to have to get yourself focused on God's presence. That's why, we, that's why we're spending extra time in prayer to begin the year, because we need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. We don't need church programming. I'm fine with church programming, but church programming doesn't change lives. Church programming doesn't set the captives free. Come on, y'all. The presence of God does. It's the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, give that to me. Hey, don't let your anger rage out of control right now. Hey, don't do what you're about to do. Hey, don't say what you're about to say. Hey, don't post what you're about to post. It's the presence of God that can bring real life change for us. And that's why Joshua says, hey, before we do anything else, before we step into the promised land, I need you to focus. I need you to set your sights on the Ark of the Covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? It literally symbolized the presence of God. It was the resting place of God's presence in the Old Testament for the Israelites. This was the ark, and so they would carry this. You had these two cherubim, over the, their wings would go over the top of what they call the mercy seat. This is the place where the priests would sprinkle blood to, to atone for the sins of the people, and the presence of God resided in that place. And so Joshua says, hey, we're gonna go into the promised land, but, but the presence of God is gonna go before us. And so I need you to focus your eyes on the ark. Look, look for the presence of God before you do anything else, before we begin to march, before we, begin to, before we take a step towards the promised land. We've got to look towards the presence of God. It's the presence of God that leads us into the new place. And we need the presence. Some of you felt the presence of God this morning, and you don't even realize that's what it was. You think it was just a good song. That's, in fact, that's why some of you come here, you're like, I don't know, man, every time the music plays there, I feel something. It's, and, it's, and can I just tell you, it's not the song. It's the God of the song. It's the presence of God that you're sensing, that, he's, that keeps drawing you back. That's that thing that you feel when you're in God's house that you're like, I know it's not perfect, and, and, and I'm, I don't even know if I'm all fired up about organized church and religion, but there's something that keeps happening in that place that I keep finding myself compelled to go back to. I'm just telling you, that's not us. It's not our lights. It's not our smoke. It's not our musicians. It's, there's nothing special in the coffee. It's just regular old coffee. I'm just telling you, that's the presence of God. He's, he's commanding the attention of your heart. He's drawing you to his mercy and his grace. He's telling you that he loves you. It's the presence of God. And we can't, listen to me church, we cannot go anywhere 
without the presence of God. We can't do anything without the presence of God. We can have the biggest outreaches in the city. I'm just telling you. I'm really not interested in giving somebody a meal or a gift, but denying to tell them about the, how they can have eternal life through relationship with Jesus. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. Got to focus our attention. That's why Paul says in Acts 3, 19, now repent of your sins and, everybody say it, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of what? Refreshment will come from what? The presence of the Lord. Listen, when you get into the presence of God, the presence of God is not a place that you go to get beat up. The presence of God is not a house of shame. The presence of God is not endless guilt. No, 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 no. Jesus took your guilt. Jesus took your shame. Paul says because of that, when we repent, when we realize, man, I'm, I'm kind of a mess, I need Jesus. I need him. I'm gonna turn from my extra baggage towards Jesus. And Paul says, hey, then it's just times of refreshing and times of refreshing and times of refreshing. And life's gonna throw you a curveball and you're gonna have some pain, but if you'll do this long enough, you can get in the habit of not getting stuck in your pain. You can go back to the presence of God and get some refreshing, get some refreshing, get some refreshing. Come on, you all with me this morning. It's the presence of God. Joshua says we gotta focus on the presence. And then he says, hey, there's another thing we've gotta pay attention to and that's our position. We've got to focus on the presence of God, but we also need to be aware of our position. And he says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to what? Yeah, y'all said it about like I thought you would. Come on. You are to move. One more time. You are to move. Hey, this is for you, true life. I am calling you to movement today. You can probably find some churches where people will play patty cake with you and leave you on, their, on your own and say a little blessing over you and send you on your way for the week. I'm really not interested in that. I'm a little more interested in mobilizing a kingdom army who's, who's given their hearts and their lives to something that matters, who understands that heaven and hell are realities and that the presence of God is leading us into a new place. And we understand that that means that we can't sit back on our behinds and wait for everything good to happen, that we're a part of a movement and to go to the place that God wants to take us requires that I move. I have to move. I have to do something. He says, move out from your positions and follow it. I've been doing this for a long time. And if I sound a little angsty right now, it's because I'm sick and tired of the enemy of our souls tricking people into thinking that they can experience the commercialized, consumerized side of the church Get a little blessing on the weekend and never do anything different with your life. That is not what Jesus gave his life for. He gave his life to, to pay for your sins and then invite you into a movement, the likes of which the world has never seen. It's turned it upside down from top to bottom. It's controversial from day one. It'll be controversial till it's over. But I'm just telling you, it's the real deal. Heaven and hell are the real deal. Jesus can change your life. Come on, can I hear an amen, somebody? He's calling us to move from our current position to a new position. I told you I was going to be preachy. 
And here's the deal. I've been doing this for a long time now. Our church will turn 10 in a few weeks. I got about 10 years of ministry to teenagers and students before that. My entire adult life, I have dedicated to people and the local church because I believe in it. I'm not sure it always looks like what Jesus had intended, but I still believe it's his plan. And here's the thing that I've noticed for all of these years. In every church, you will find people who want some things for the church, but they don't actually want it for themselves. You say, what do you mean? Everybody wants to go to a church that feels like it's in revival, but nobody actually wants revival. Because if you experience revival, you might actually have to change. You might actually have to do something. You might actually have to be more than just a critic of Sunday's sermon and actually go apply Sunday's sermon. You might have to do something. We want things for the church, but we don't always want it for ourselves. We want a great place for our kids, but we don't want to invest in kids. We like it when there's a greeter smiling at us on the Sunday morning when we walk in the front door, but we don't want to get early, up early enough to go greet. We like it when the coffee's available for free, but we don't want to brew any of it. And I'm not trying to shame you or guilt you. That's not what this is. I'm just saying, if you want to go to the place that God has for you, you might have to move. You might have to do something different from what you're doing right now. We want to be a part of a church that feeds the poor and serves the needy, but we don't want to give. And we don't want to show up when there's an opportunity to serve. The, I, listen, I don't really think this is a problem at True Life Church, but I just want to address it because we're at a critical time in the life and history of our church. Things get bigger. We hire more staff. It's easy to kind of kick back and go, you know what? The church is just here for me now. No, 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 no. You're the church. And you are here for the mission of God. Can I hear an amen? You say, man, you all up in my business today. I'm not, look, I'm off next week, so I just, I just need to get it all out, and then. But our position matters. Look, look, it's like this. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. But I want to eat chocolate cake and hamburgers, too. Come on, how I many know you can't, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. And that's why Paul says, in Romans chapter 12, and so dear brothers and sisters, he says, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Listen, you can't be a sacrifice and live your life for yourself at the same time. They don't, they don't, they don't go together. The kind he'll find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. By the way, Consecrate yourselves. Don't copy the customs of this world, but let God transform you. How many know there's no transformation without movement? There's no transformation without movement. Let him transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. Come on, how many glad his, his plan is perfect? It's perfect. So watch, watch, watch. I can't stay where I am and go to the promise at the same time. 
it doesn't work. So I've got to focus on the presence of God. And when the presence of God moves, I've got to change my position to go where the presence goes. So Joshua says, hey, our, our, our focus matters. We're going to focus on the presence. We've got to focus on our position. And here's the last one. Carlos, come on out and play. Because when we consecrate ourselves, there are new places. Come on, everybody say places. New places that God has for us. New experiences, new dreams, new ideas, new miracles, some new mental health. Come on, somebody. Some emotional health, some freedom, some relationships restored, some families put back together, some addictions broken off, life changed, God glorified. There's new places that he wants to lead us. That's why it says, then you will know which way to go because you've never been this way before. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not really interested in 2022 in retreading all the same places I've already been. I don't need all the same experiences I've had before. I think there's some new places that God wants to take us, amen? How many believe that for you? Say amen. If you, if just, in just a second, uh, let me set it up. I'm going to say this again. And if you really want it for you, this is biblical, by the way, to say amen. This is all throughout your Bible. Because when you say amen, what you're saying is, yes, I agree. Or yes, I believe that. So how many of you all would like to, like to leave today encouraged, lifted up, knowing that God has some new places for you in 2022. Come on, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. He does. He does. And I know that can be scary. I know that can be scary. Well, what are we going to do if, the, like, if, we, if we're going to these new places and, and things get crazier? What if the political climate gets worse? What, what if the pandemic has, an, has another? Listen, I'm, I'm sure all that's going to happen. I'm sure it is. The, the Bible says that at the same time there will be a great outpouring of a spirit, that the world's going to get crazier and crazier at the same time. So you know what I say? I say, bring it on. I know the media is going to give us a whole new list of things to be afraid of, and we're going to be like, okay, yes, I'll be afraid of that. But you know, just I say, you know what? Go ahead. Just bring it on. Just whatever you want to throw at us, you can throw it at us, but we're going to be all right because we're going to keep following the presence of God. Every time he moves, we're going to move. And so the world can get crazy, but we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. Carlos, where you at, man? You know, Jesus is having a discussion with his followers about fasting. About fasting. And he actually says this. He says, look, prayer and fasting is the process of experiencing, the, it's what sets you up to experience the new things that God has for you. He says, no one's gonna be able to put new wine into old wineskins. I know some of you just perked up because I said the word wine, like now I'm preaching your language. Some of y'all are like, what? I need to take notes. For the wine, that wasn't judgmental by the way, I know some of you actually enjoy wine, it's fine, it's cool. Jesus drank it drink too much 
for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Watch this. I feel like God told me to tell you this today. That what God wants to do in your life won't fit in your old wineskins. What God wants to do in your life won't fit in your old patterns. It won't fit in your old thinking. It's not gonna fit while you're dealing with your old wounds, your old expectations. Come on, you gotta get new. You gotta get new. You gotta get consecrated. I wanna close it with this. So let's go back now. Remember I told you I'd explain this later? Verse four, he says, keep a distance from the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. Keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Which I, th- I think that's kind of interesting, right? Like, here we, I'm preaching to you, get in the presence of God. Joshua's telling them, hey, stay about 2,000, take, stay about a mile away from it. That, like, what, what's, what's up with that? So let me just give you the quick explanation. There's two reasons. Reason one, number one, and some of you are probably already thinking it if, you, if you've spent enough time in church, and, and that is the, the Israelite people here are under the old dispensation, what we would call in theology the dispensation of darkness. So the, the priest would go and splatter that blood, and you would offer sacrifice to try to atone for your sin. But really, you, you were never going to be perfect. You were never going to be able to be in the presence of, of a holy God because the sacrifice of an animal wouldn't really do justice for the sin in your life. In fact, the only way you can get to the presence of God is to have a perfect sacrifice. And that's why Jesus came. He became our perfect lamb on the cross. That's why now you can go to the presence of God. So the Israelites were under the dispensation of darkness. You don't live under the dispensation of darkness. You live in the dispensation of grace. Come on, y'all. The grace of God. The mercy is available to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. So part of the reason they had to stay back from the ark is because if you got too close to the presence of God, you'd die. It'd kill you. That's reason number one. But I actually like the second reason better. He says, hey, hey, Israelites, the ark's going to be, it's going to be about a mile up in front of, the presence of God's going to be about a mile out in front of us. And I love that because if, if you were allowed to get close to it, what would have happened is everybody would have tried to crowd around the ark. Everybody would have been tried to get close to the ark of the covenant, to the, to the presence of God. And you really only would have had a handful of people who could get close. You know, probably the priests, you know, the, the professionals, they, they probably all would have been closed. You, you might have had two or three layers deep of people who could even visually get their eyes on the ark of the covenant, who could see the presence of God. 
But by sending it out a mile ahead, now the entire nation of Israel had a line of sight to the presence of God. They could see where God was leading them. They could see where God was taking them. In other words, in other words, Joshua was setting this up for really what is the heart of God, that hey, this movement, this thing that God wants to accomplish, it's not just for pastors and preachers and church professionals. It's not just for the priests. It's not just for the leaders. It's for the entire nation. It's for all the people. Hey, y'all, the presence of God exists for everyone. It's for everyone. And everyone needed to be able to see it. So I'm gonna say it again. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I was looking at that word among in the Hebrew. It's interesting. You know, English translators, they do the best they can. And so, it certainly is appropriate to say among you, like as a group. But in the Hebrew, you know what this word actually means? It actually means inside. So watch this. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things inside of you. What if, what if in 2022 God had something incredible? What if God had some new places that he wanted to lead you in your heart? What if you could finally get that healing you've been waiting for? What if you could finally learn how to forgive? What, what if you could finally move beyond your past and find some freedom? What if this is your year? I'm, I'm telling you, it can be. But first, you have to consecrate. What's in the suitcase? You gotta decide how bad you wanna go. How bad do you wanna go? So we're gonna end a little different today. Why don't y'all stand to your feet? The guys are gonna come get all this stuff off the stage, so don't get distracted by that, okay? Just, just focus to, on what I'm saying. In a, in a few minutes, we'll be out of here, and I just wanna draw your attention first to the connection cards that are in every seat. I, I'd love it if you'd write on the back of that connection card what you're believing God for this year so that we can agree with you in prayer. It's also a great way to communicate with us if you have questions about the church or how to get involved or how to become a member or small group, small group leadership, all that. Leverage the connection card. We'll get it to the right place and the right people and communicate with you. There's also two boxes on that connection card that I'd really like to draw your attention to this morning. One says, today I made a decision to commit my life to Jesus. There might be some of you in this room or watching online today that you've never done that. You, you, you're not in relationship with Jesus. You've never had a moment where you surrender and you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And in just a second, I'm gonna give you opportunity to change that. In fact, as I was saying it, some of you felt a little tug in your heart like, oh, that's, that's me, I need to do that. And that's awesome. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. There are others here today who you may have had a conversion experience at some point in your life and surrendered your life to Jesus, but if you're being honest, you've kind of wandered off the path a little bit. You're, you're struggling right now, and you could, you could just use a reset today, like to go back to the beginning and make that commitment fresh all over again. You're, you're not getting saved again. That's not what it is, but you're just kind of saying, hey, Jesus, can I start over? And this is what's awesome. His mercies are new every morning, and he always says, yeah, you sure can. I love that about him because I need a redo like 
about every 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to drive later, so I'm definitely going to need a redo by the time I get off the road. You know, I'm just... So I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes all across the room. And if I, if I was talking about you just now and you say, hey, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus and I know right now I need to. And I want to be in relationship with him. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I'd love to know if you're in the room. Would you just wave your hand at me? Just say, hey, you're talking to me, man. I, I, need, to, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Just wave your hand at me real quick. Just up and right back down. I see it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome, thank you for doing that. And then let me ask, is there anybody who would say, hey, Michael, I've done that before. I, I, I've established a relationship with Jesus, but I've kind of wandered. Like, I'm just, I need a restart today. I need a refresh. I just want to, I need to get back to the beginning. If that's you, would you wave at me? Just say, hey, you're talking to me. Yep, a whole bunch of us. Okay, awesome. So let us know on the connection card, okay? And we're, we're going to pray the same prayer together, all right? So let me just help you with the words. You just... You just say this to Jesus right now. Just say, hey, Jesus, today I surrender to you. Please forgive me for all the time I've spent doing life my own way. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do it your way. My life belongs to you. Save me. Make me new. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, you're the Lord of my life. You died on the cross for me. Three days later, you rose from the dead. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Here's how we're going to end today. It's different. It's almost going to feel like more like a first Wednesday for those of you who've been to a first Wednesday. But in, in just a moment, the worship team is going to begin to sing this song and I, I don't think I've ever done this on a Sunday morning in the 10 years of our church but you know we talked about movement that if you want to go to the new place you need to move and I've found just for me personally sometimes there's something to physically moving my body to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in my heart it just helps solidify it so in just a second, as they begin to sing, what I want you to do is if, if this morning you realize, man, there's some stuff in my suitcase that needs to come out so that I can go to the new places that the presence of God is leading me. As they begin to sing, what I want you to do is I want you just to move your body. Like, like you can come right down here to the front, you can turn and kneel at your chair I know that's like super awkward for a lot of you and we don't do that a lot here in our church. I grew up in a church where like it wasn't a church service if you didn't go to the front. We called it altar calls. Like you had to go to the altar call and we were not, we had not had a successful day in church unless everybody had responded to the altar call. It was kind of funny, this culture that we created. I, I, we're not doing, that's not the road, the path we're going down. I just felt today specifically this unique prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, move move like with your body say hey I'm not ashamed of this God is calling me to a new place the presence of God is leading me into a new season and I'm actually going to physically respond 
and I'm going to go lay down the things that are in my heart, these, these things that are weighing me down, the stuff that needs to come out of my suitcase, I'm going to go lay that at the foot of the cross in the presence of a holy God. And so I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to count to three. And on three, if that's you, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come. Or you can turn and kneel. If you're not comfortable coming to the front, understand that. You can stand here. You can kneel on the, on the carpet, whatever you feel led to do. And I just want you to begin to pour out your heart to God and tell him, like, hey, here's the stuff. Here's the stuff that I know I need to give you. It's weighing me down. It's keeping me from going to the places that you have for me. So, Heavenly Father, I pray right now that each and every person in this, in this room that you're dealing with, you've identified some things that are they're creating some weight. They're holding us back from the places you want to lead us. And so I pray today, God, we would, we would lay those things down in your presence. We would surrender them to you. And that your people, God, would experience your presence. That we would move our position so that we could all go to the new place that you have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to count to three. And then if you know you're supposed to move, I want you to move. And the band's going to be in the sing. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three.